Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So are you going to any cool events anytime soon? Mm, not as cool as you. Not as cool as me? What am I going as to? Cool as you. You're going to go to New York Comic Con Rogue and try to get it. I'm going to beg my way into New York Comic Con. That's the plan. Yes. Yep. yep, I waited too long to get tickets. I went online and they were all sold out, of course. And then I went, and I was like, oh, I'll just go as media. I've done that before at conventions. And I went, and they said media was closed. No more applications, so I couldn't do that. And I was like, well, I really want to go, and I know a lot of people that go there. So I'm just going to go. Next week, I'm driving up there. Well, I'm taking a train up there on Thursday, and I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope I can figure out a way to get in. Well... Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple. You know, I have a couple leads on people that may be able to get me uh, badges. So I'm hopeful. You're gonna buy scalper tickets. If it comes to that, I might. I don't know. That might be harder. I think nowadays with the way they do tickets, it's tougher to do that. So, but we'll see. I hope I get in. Thursday's the big Star Wars day. They're doing all the Clone War or the Rebels episodes and some other Star Wars panels going on. So I'm really hoping to get Thursday? in. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I know, it's odd that it's the first day, yeah. But it is Thursday, so that's my main goal, to just try to get in Thursday. If I can just get in Thursday, see all the Star Wars stuff, um, and then, you know, maybe the rest of the time I'm there, I can just hang out in the city. I mean, worst case scenario, I don't get in at all, and I just, I'm in New York City, which is a pretty cool place in general, so. Well, if you're just hanging around, you need to go to the World Trade Center thing for me because I've never been. I'll take pictures. <laughs> and I really want to or go. Or I there. could periscope it. It'd be like you'd yeah, be there. Yeah, you should periscope it and be like I'm there. I should just periscope um, my entire adventure of trying to get into the con. That could be entertaining. <laughs> so are you well, – I, I know you're going to a con, um, actually going to a con rather than trying to sneak into one. I am. Um, I'm going to Dallas Comic-Con Fan Days. Um, I'm going because Steve Bloom is going, and I'm getting to work with him again at his table. And so I'll be at his table with him um, while he signs autographs and stuff. The voice of Zeb from Rebels, right? Yep. Yeah. So I actually have a friend who just started watching Rebels, and he was just telling me how Zeb was like his favorite character, and he was... He was bragging on, or he wasn't bragging, but he was just like, you know, so excited about this character, Zeb. And I was tempted to be like, I've met Zeb, but I didn't do that. I didn't name drop. You should have. I should have. (laughs) You should have. Hey, all of the anonymous animals went away. (laughs) No no more anonymous animals on our Google Doc. We're down to just, I still see an anonymous dolphin. Well, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's you. Okay. <laughs> I'm not logged in. But Anonymous Hedgehog, Anonymous Gopher, and Anonymous Koala went away. <laughs> they got bored of reading it. For those of you who don't know, if you use Google Docs and you're looking at it and you refresh and stuff, you get all these different anonymous animals. <laughs> so I kept refreshing it to see what anonymous animals I would get. And we are left with dolphin. Surprisingly, we not cat or Ewok. Well, I like dolphins. If they had, if they had, do you? Do you? 
They're not even cuddly. But they're smart and friendly, and they follow your boat around. Okay. <laughs> and they're really cute, and I've touched one on the nose and on its head, and I've patted a dolphin's tongue before. And I've Ooh. swam with a dolphin, and I got to hold on to its, um, to its dorsal fin and let it take me for a ride. <laughs> uh, so so we, cool. <laughs> so we did get an iTunes review in September. I don't know oh, if you saw it. And I was no. reading it today, and one of the things they said they liked about our show was the random things that Teresa said. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just as the fans like it. Um. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I wasn't planned, by the way. No. I had no idea that that review existed. No, you just do it naturally. The The randomness is completely natural. Um, but yeah, so we should probably introduce the episode. Yeah, we should. This is Star Wars Bookworms number 46. Can you believe it? 46. Oh, four episodes away from 50. That, another milestone we should think about. Maybe we should th- consider what we will do for that. Yeah, That might coincide with around the release of The Force Awakens, so that could be interesting. Hmm. Food for that. Um, but on this episode, we're going to be talking about Dark Disciple. Um, we're going to jump into that pretty quick. But before we do, I think you have some book club news. Just a little bit. We're definitely going to jump right into the review of Dark Disciple. This is one that we've both been really excited about talking about. So we're going to take most of the show and just talk about Dark Disciple. But just quick, uh, we did do Aftermath as our September book for the book club. If anyone is uh, doing the book club uh, that's listening to this, um, Aftermath was our September book. I'm not really sure what we're going to do for October. I think we're kind of tossing around ideas. I think maybe Lost Stars might be a good one to do. Uh, but we may open that up for um, opinions over at the book club as well. But everything's going good over there. Big, A lot of discussion about Aftermath. Um, so excited to eventually review that one on the on the uh, show as well. It's coming up. It's not too far away. We, we have something that we're doing before Aftermath, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. So are you ready? Yeah, let's jump right into this review. Okay. Do you want me to do this? I yes. Can... Yes, you do. All right. <laughs> All right, so it is Dark Disciple was written by Christy Golden. It came out on July 7th of 2015, and the publisher summary is, In the war for control of the galaxy between the armies of the Dark Side and the Republic, former Jedi Master turned ruthless Sith Lord Count Dooku has grown ever more brutal in his tactics. Despite the powers of the Jedi and the military prowess of the clone army, the sheer number of fatalities is taking a terrible toll. And when Dooku orders the massacre... uh, Whoa. Massacre of a flotilla. Just so you know why I said whoa. I saw the word flotilla and I was like tortilla and I'm like, that's not right. (laughs) The massacre of a tortilla. The massacre of a tortilla. (laughs) The massacre of a flotilla of helpless refugees. The Jedi Council feels it has no choose. choose. This stinks. Can I start this over? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Okay, has no choice but to take drastic action targeting the man responsible for so many war atrocities, Count Dooku himself. But the ever-elusive Dooku is dangerous, is dangerous prey for even the most skilled hunter. I can't read today. (laughs) So the council makes the bold decision to bring both sides of the force's power to bear 
pairing brash Jedi Knight Quinlan Boss with infamous one-time Sith acolyte Asajj Ventress. Though Jedi distrust for the cunning killer who once served at Dooku's side still runs deep, Ventress's hatred for her former master runs deeper. She's more than willing to lend her copious talents as a bounty hunter and assassin to Voss's quest. Together, Ventress and Voss are the best hope for eliminating Dooku as long as the emerging feelings between them don't compromise their mission. But Ventress is determined to have her retribution and at last let go of her dark Sith past. Balancing the complicated emotions she feels for Voss with the fury of her warrior spirit, she resolves to claim victory on all fronts, a vow that will mercilessly that will be mercilessly <laughs> tested by her deadly enemy and her own doubt. Which to- that totally ruined the whole like how awesome that last sentence was supposed to be. But you know. So that basically was the book right there. I think we don't. I we know don't, the whole thing. We don't done. We yeah. In that the was bag. our review. Um, did you like it? No. It's great. Let's go. But um, yeah, this is a book that I know we've both been excited to read this one. I don't. I probably for different reasons. I. I think that um, when they were kind of announcing the books that were going to be canon that were coming out and we had kind of a list, I know this was the one that I always came to that was like, this is, I'm most excited for this one. And mainly because of the characters that were in it. What were you like, was this kind of one of the ones that you were really excited about? It was um, this one and a new Dawn. And I think that's just because I really love the characters and I know you are a huge Quinlan Boss fan, um, but I'm a huge Asajj Ventress fan, and I really got super excited. And part of me wishes we could have seen these as episodes, but then again, not. Because I feel like we wouldn't have gotten the type of story that we got in this book if they had been episodes of The Clone Wars. Yeah. so it was- Like, we would have got a very, like, watery down watery down water down down, a watery down version (laughs) of of this story um christy golden did an amazing job writing this thing i mean like i was already excited after we talked to her a few times but like even more so like wow (laughs) yeah i thought she did a great job with the book um it was yeah so like you were saying um being excited because Quinlan Voss is in it. That's he's kind of like my favorite. I think I've said it before on the show. He's he's one of my favorite expanded universe or slash legends characters. So to see him kind of get his own novel, I remember. I actually remember where I was. You know those kind of things where you remember where you were, like the yeah big things events. like that happen. You know, like for the assassination of JFK, right, or the announcement of and... a Quinlan Voss novel. <laughs> I, I remember. Oh my god. You you broke the news to me. I don't know if you remember. I do not remember. Yeah, Please. Was, oh, story time with Aaron. I was with, I was at a fair with my family and I'm walking around and I get this text from you. I think it was a text or maybe you called me. I don't know, but you're telling me that that uh there's going to be this new novel and it's going to have it's going to star Asajj Ventures and Quinlan Voss and I was like, "What?" Like it just blew my mind and I just remember like how excited I was that there was going to be this Quinlan Voss novel. So that was that was a long time ago when it was first announced, but now it's, you know, it's been out for a while now. We've read it, so it's yeah, it was pretty exciting. But you had mentioned that it was based on Clone Wars episodes. Um it was actually based on 8 Clone Wars episodes, which is crazy. Um 
that there was that many episodes that were going to be one storyline, right? Because the seasons were only, they were like 20 episode seasons, right? Mm, Something yeah, like that. I think 20, it was like 20, 20, 20 and 24. 22 maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. Eight episodes of, of a season were going to be about this storyline. Like, that's that's a pretty pretty big, you know, part of, of Clone Wars that we missed. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing. They were scripts, right? You know, so we don't know if it actually would have ended up being eight episodes or not. We also just know that it was about this storyline. And the thing is, though, is that, like I said before, the depth of the story and the i don't know the just so much of it i don't feel like it would have translated into tv you know i mean pieces of it yeah, yeah. you know like they're meeting when they met you know and kind of they're chasing that guy um and some of their playful banter and like some of the missions that they went on not all of them but maybe a couple of them you know, and then like some of his training, but not all of it. There's no way with that whole section of the book all about her taking him to Dathmir and it was Dathmir, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> just make sure I have my planets right. Um, you know, and everything that they did there, there's no way. And plus, there was too much sexual tension in this book, <laughs> way too much, and too much making out, and making out sounds like really, you know, teenage cotton candy fluffy, like, I don't mean that, I mean like, you know, romantic, very romantic stuff going on in this book, along with some very scary stuff that would not have translated to TV. It just wouldn't have gotten approved, you know? Yeah, like, that's that's. I don't see, I don't see... Especially some of the scenes on Dathomir between the two of them when they're like laying around and like in my mind with the way she described it, they're like rolling around with each other, you know, just in each other's arms. Like who knows if they were even wearing clothes. <laughs> um, I was just like, mm, I don't think that would have been on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's in your head though. I, they never did but say it, that. It's just, no, but it, you know, it's the way – the way that she wrote yeah. that passion. I know what you're saying. You know? yeah, I, I mean, cause it was super passionate. And, and you know, I don't know about you, but I've been in a relationship with passion like that. You know, and it's just like, that's not appropriate for television. <laughs> <laughs> or for podcasting. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. And that's, that's actually probably the, the – I wasn't really thinking about that because – when I read the book, I did see, I almost like visualized it as Clone Wars episodes. It was almost like I couldn't help myself because I was so familiar with, especially Asajj Ventress in her, you know, Clone Wars persona, the way she looks on Clone Wars, that it was hard for me to imagine her otherwise. So because I was imagining her as a Clone Wars character, I was imagining everyone as a Clone Wars character. Interesting. So when Dooku came on, it, I wasn't imagining Dooku from the movies. I was imagining Dooku as his animated form. Same with Obi-Wan, same with Quinlan Voss. So to me, I was reading a Clone Wars story, so I was visualizing it as a Clone Wars story. Were you not, did you not have that No. going on? Okay. Mm -mm. Maybe the look of Quinlan Voss a little bit from the Clone Wars, like a little, but um, Ventress didn't look to me, like her face obviously looked the same, but I was going with her new look, you know. Um, but I didn't put this 
in the Clone Wars universe. Like, it didn't look that way to me. This looked very real in my head. Um, and like I said, I I got really taken away <laughs> with the love story part of it that it physically hurt me at times. Yeah. You know, like, I was... I was physically pained. I had to stop reading at times. And at the end of it, I'm crying my eyes out. And I'm just like, damn it, Christy Golden. <laughs> well, like, let's, what not is get, happening? let's not get to the end yet. Um, but we can talk about I'm not crying because she died. Well, we'll get to the end. <laughs> <laughs> we typically do a spoiler alert. And I'm assuming people would have assumed that Sorry. we're doing spoilers. Um, but yeah, so obviously if you're listening to this point, uh, you know that we're doing spoilers, uh, for this book, but I think that's pretty understood on our show now. Such Ventress die. <laughs> but kind of back to the, the whole Clone Wars thing. I also felt that like, as I was reading through it, you could almost feel the points of when the episode ended. So, and when they were transitioning to another episode of Clone Wars, really, like, there was points of action and it was probably because I was reading it with that mindset and I kind of am jealous of you because you were able to break away from that. So you probably got a little bit different of an experience reading this novel. But for me, I very much felt like I was reading Clone Wars episodes. So like you would see the point of action, like the big, you know, the action piece that would happen in a Clone Wars episode. And then it would kind of, you know, die down to the beginning of the next episode and then the big action. And then the big battle with, you know, three different characters that really shouldn't be on screen together. So, like, there was a lot of that going on in my mind. I was I was kind of caught up in it being Clone Wars. Why are you being vague? Vague? Yeah, three characters. It shouldn't be something. What? Well, like, for example, um, when they go to try to capture Dooku uh-huh. and the first time. And uh, Voss, Ventress face off against Dooku, but then General Grievous just happens to be there. And that's such a Clone Wars thing because the Clone Wars is all about having the big lightsaber battles, what's cool... You know, so whereas if this was just written as a novel, not based on Clone Wars episodes, I bet Grievous wouldn't even have been there. But because it was written for TV, they were trying to have that big battle and the cool characters all there fighting each other, big lightsaber battle. Um, So that's kind of what I'm talking about with with that type of See, that's interesting to me because I didn't even think of it like that. Like, again, I guess because of the fact that I didn't read it that way. Um, For me, it was like... Of course Grievous is there because in the Clone Wars, he is everywhere. Not necessarily the TV show, but just in general. He is literally everywhere. And he's like Dooku's bodyguard, you know, kind of. And so it's like, I just was like, well, that's natural. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it wasn't natural because of the way, like, it's just, it it is kind of cool that you read it that way because I didn't read it that way. I just read it as like, okay. Just a Star Wars novel. This is a Star Wars book. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I don't even want to say that because as much as I love reading Star Wars books, you know, I, and I really do. It's just, There are some that that are really interesting to me and there's some that are not interesting to me at all, you know. And this one was more than just a Star Wars book to me. It, like, fit in right with my genre of reading of, like, fantasy stuff and there wasn't, like, a whole lot of space battle nonsense and... It was, you know what, I and I keep going back to this image in my mind, it's the whole business on Dathomir. Like, that whole entire section of stuff, and then the, like, some of the bounty hunter missions they went on, like, made the book for me. It completely made the book for me. 
Yeah. I felt like like I wanted that to go on for much longer. And then we had to end up in all of this crap, like going to fight Dooku and, you know, Quinlan Voss getting abducted and all this stuff back in the Jedi Temple. And I was like, messing up my flow. Messing up my flow. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted more like, dark side training. Learning. No, I, I love that part of Star Wars. Sort of the, what would you call that? The kind of mythological part of it or the, the, mystic. the mystic part of it and the learning all about the force and the way it works and how it works through people and learning how to control yourself within it and all of that. Kind of like a lot of the stuff that's in the Jedi path and in the Book of Sith. Like all of that stuff I love. Well, that's so probably I why you like... sat there for that forever. That's probably why you like Darth Bane so much. Because oh, a lot yeah. of that, he's at least that me? first novel, he's... You know, he's searching, you know, everything he can learn about the dark side. And it's, you know, he's kind of teaching himself the dark side and then being taught by other Sith and all the different philosophies. So, yeah, I can completely agree with you. Actually, that's I know me and you, we tend to have very different tastes in these things. So you might like this book for one reason. I might like it for another. But this is one place we can agree. That's one of my favorite things about reading these novels as well is the force and learning about the dark side and how it works. And like you said, how it works through people and, you know, to see, uh, Voss trained in a way by Ventress on Dathomir and all that stuff that was going on. That was one of my favorite parts of the novel as well. Well, see, and I think like if I identify, you know, there's a difference between having favorite characters and then having characters that you identify with, you know, and I don't know if yours would be the same people, but mine aren't really the same people. You know, because like I love Soka and I love Hera and I love Ayla Secura and all of that, but I do not identify with them. So who do you identify with? I identify with Ventress. Like, okay. I feel like for me as a person, you know, I've been through a lot of things and there's a lot of dark and there is light, you know, but I feel like I'm in that middle part. Well, just like she was saying, where you have to learn to not let it control you. You, you know, in the, I'm not like her in the sense of that I'm like always hostile and angry and like on edge and stuff because I'm not a bounty hunter and I'm not having to fight for my life. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, and no. Um, and I'm not, in a, you know, I'm just, I'm not that way. Um, but like, you know, and I'm not always out for revenge or anything, but I feel like I do walk that line between the dark and the light. Um, which is probably why I like so many dark side characters and stuff. But, you know, I just feel like I'm a lot like Ventress. And that would totally be me. You know, like when she was teaching him, like I could see myself, that being me, teaching somebody how to deal with things. And I feel like when I teach my students at school and I have to talk to them about some of these really dark issues and things that they deal with, like it's kind of the same thing, you know, of how do you deal with the darkness and not let yourself, you know, be consumed by it, but also be aware of it, you know, and, she and was like really, how to work with it. She was really trying to get Voss to kind of embrace the dark side. And, and I think like part of her training was, she was trying to break him from being that traditional Jedi where he thought, oh, I can come in here, I'll learn about the dark side, but I'm not going to turn to the dark side. You know, I'll skirt the dark side just enough that I can gain the power I need to take out Dooku. But her whole point was, no, you have to completely let yourself go. 
um, to the dark side, um, mm-hmm. which he accomplishes through making him kill, you know, that, that innocent creature. Um, the weird Kraken monster. Right. <laughs> Did you think that was uh, actually happening? I know I've heard some people say they thought that was almost like a force vision that he went through um, as opposed to actually um, him actually killing that creature. No, I think it actually happened. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I don't I don't buy the vision. No, I don't buy that either. But here's the thing. I think her point is, and this is true for, the only thing that I can really think of is like, um, I'm going to say like depression in our world. Um, you have to sometimes let it consume you to fully understand what it can do to you. So that, and then you have to learn how to come out of it on the other side. That way, the next time that the issue arises, that you can fight it, you know? And I think that's exactly the point here. He had to let himself go to the dark side completely, and I don't think he really fully understood that. But he had to find his way back out of it in order to be successful in killing Dooku and there really wasn't enough time like if they had had a whole lot more time and time to train and stuff I think it would have gone a lot better yeah I think that (laughs) it did seem like that was kind of what went wrong with the whole plan was they got rushed into it and uh he wasn't ready and um yeah so a big part of this novel is the fact that that uh, Voss does turn to the dark side he does lose himself to the dark side um and I know there throughout the novel there was kind of the mystery of did he really turn, did he not, and they kept flipping back and forth. Um, how how did you take that as far as were you ever convinced that he didn't actually turn the way he was trying to convince Ventress, or were you kind of on to him the whole time like she was? Um, I could tell that he had turned. I mean, I had moments of doubt where I was like, well, maybe not, you know, when he was back with the Jedi the first time around and everything. But then I was like, okay, the how this book's I have far too many pages left for for him to be good again right now. <laughs> you take you, you brought logic into the, uh, yeah. the equation. You didn't get I was lost. Like, Something's happening. Um, No, I knew she was right. Like, I was just like, you know, there is no way. He has to have let himself, not necessarily let himself go, but he's gotten consumed by it. Maybe he doesn't even realize he's gotten consumed by it, you know. And I think the dark side is tricky, you know, It or in the words of Gollum, it's tricksy. Um, (laughs) Wrong phrase. No, it's not, because I was going to talk about something related to that. Um it weaves this little path through you similar to the way that the ring kind of took over, you know, everybody who had it in their possession kind of slowly and behind the scenes and makes it kind of weaves this creepy path of like, you know, everything's okay, but not really, you know, but you're good and you're completely fine, but I'm going to rear up my ugly head when it's appropriate, you know, and that's what the ring does. Um, it's the same as the dark side. It does the same thing. So I don't think he may have even fully known that he had turned to the dark side because he had no idea how to deal with it. So he wasn't he he couldn't tell. I think he was just making up crap as he went along. Well, I think he originally he probably didn't realize that he had turned, but I think he did end up embracing it because we have the whole part with the, where he becomes like was it Admiral Enigma? 
Oh yeah. Which is like one of the, <laughs> I didn't like that name. I don't know how it struck you. I thought that was a little it was a little too spot on, I guess, like to use a name like Enigma. Um I would have I would have liked to them come up with a cooler bad guy name for Quinlan Voss, but um I will never refer to him as Admiral Enigma after recording this episode. But you know, so you have that whole thing where he, you know, he's showing up on the hollow feed or whatever that people are seeing. He's this big, you know, new admiral for the, the separatists and, and, um, yeah. So he, I mean, in a way he did kind of embrace it, his, his evil side. And then even in the end when he was, um, still trying to trick them that he hadn't turned, you know, he seeks out Dooku to essentially seek out Sidious so he can kill Dooku and become Sidious's new apprentice. So, I mean, he had gone all the way. Well, yeah, but did he really know he had? Because I don't think he knew he had. I don't think Quinlan Voss knew that he had turned to the dark side. I think Admiral Enigma had taken over, almost kind of like multiple personalities, you know, to where he didn't really know what was happening to him or what had happened. I think, you know, a lot of people try to rationalize things in their own mind and similar to how Anakin rationalized a lot of things because he didn't really think that he was turning bad at all and he was turning bad long before um right long before he went bad and killed a bunch of tiny children um <laughs> so I don't think he really fully realized it I think he realized it towards the end um and I think when he finally truly realized what was going on and he made that connection of I have lost Quinlan Voss. I am somebody else. I this person has gone to the dark side. Quinlan Voss is not here. Is when Ventress was in danger, and I think that's when he finally snapped. You know, to go. Oh my gosh, what is happening? You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that he wasn't fully to the dark side. He was, but I kind of look at it, and I keep bringing other franchises into it, but it's just because I saw a lot of the stuff. I. I saw him kind of like Peta from The Hunger Games when he gets cap he gets kidnapped by the Capitol when we're in you know in Mockingjay um, because there's just so many similar elements of being used as a pawn and being brainwashed and all this other stuff you don't even know what you're doing and what you're saying um, and I feel like that was Quinlan Voss to hmm. a point. Interesting. I don't know the uh, Mockingjay stuff, so I can't really relate. You haven't seen the Mockingjay Part 1? Nope. I only ever watched the first two Hunger Games movies. You need to watch Mockingjay Part 1, and then you will understand what I'm talking about. All right. I might do that. I might not, though. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying as far as... I know there's been a lot of characters in Star Wars, kind of like Anakin Skywalker, even in the Legends universe, someone like a Jason Solo, where they kind of turn... Not that they don't know they're turning, but they're turning because they think that's what's best. You know, they think they're doing the best thing for either their family or for the galaxy. Um, so, you know, I could see what you're saying as far as he may have not realized that he was doing something bad, but I think he fully realized that he was using the dark side um, and had turned to the dark side. So, but that's my opinion. I think Admiral Enigma knew. And I don't think <laughs> Quinlan Voss knew. <laughs> Well, they kind of, it was, you know, they kept, Christy Golden kept trying to throw us off what was really going on. She did a good job. She did. I, I was I was kind of back and forth with it. Like, man, did he really turn? Or no, he didn't. You know, they went and rescued him. Um, and when they go to, to get him, they think he's Admiral Enigma. They actually find him in a prison. 
And so then his whole thing is, oh, no, I didn't actually do that stuff. Like, Dooku was basically just using his face or whatever and saying that he was doing this stuff. But actually, he was a prisoner the whole time. But Ventress was on to him. She, she kind of had felt that he had turned. But I was kind of convinced he hadn't. And I was kind of starting to get mad at Ventress. Like, come on, why don't you give this guy a break, you know? I thought you loved him. No, uh, but... I wasn't. I was like, girl, you stick to your guns. You know exactly what's going on. You're not stupid. I was kind of back and forth with it. Uh, thinking if he had turned or not because okay so one of the things about this novel is it's keeping you on the edge on the characters if, if they're going to make it you know because for the most part you know we don't know what's going to happen to Ventress mm-hmm. we don't know her fate so as you're reading this you're thinking it's entirely possible she's not going to make it to this novel now for for some people they thought the same thing about Voss. But there was uh, something. I didn't. I felt the exact same way. I had no idea if he was going to make it. I thought so many times that he was going to die. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to die. Oh, my God, she's going to die. Oh, my God, he's going to die. Like, it flip-flopped all over the place. And there was just parts of it where I was getting really frustrated and upset. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) But what I was going to say is, um, you know, I was kind of confused because I knew Voss essentially should survive the novel. Because he is mentioned in episode three, in Revenge of the Sith, which takes place after this novel. Um, you know, See, and you told me that later, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's a throwaway because line. Because I had no, I didn't connect any of that. So I thought he was going to die. Yeah, and most people probably didn't pick up on that um, that line in episode three either. I think one of the reasons why I picked up on it is because I'm just a big fan of the character. So when I heard his name mentioned in a in a movie, I was excited. So that stuck with me. But I know a lot of people that read this book didn't really make that connection. So they were kind of on the edge of their seat with him. But I was the whole time thinking, no, he can't die or he can't turn to the dark side because he's still a Jedi in Revenge of the Sith. And so I was confused. And then I started to think, you know what? That's such a throwaway line in that movie that they might actually go against it and say, no, he did die or did turn to the dark side, and that the Voss that they're mentioning in Revenge of the Sith is just a different character. So I I, I was so convinced to the point where I thought they were going to literally break canon to to kill this character. They're not going to break canon. Not break it, but you know what I'm Cannons saying. Cannons like, are hard and force, big things. Force a retcon, you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> I thought a, a retcon was going to be coming. But yeah, so... Retcon! I did, what kind of convention is that? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know what? How cool would that be? Sidebar. A con that's called retcon, and it's all the panels and stuff are focused on all of the, like, alternate universe stuff. All the things that had to be changed. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Retcon. Yeah. Retcon. We should start that. And there's another random uh, Teresa (laughs) comment. (laughs) I'm going to start looking for them now. Well then, they're not as fun. <laughs> I was full. I was fully aware of them, but oh, you were. What else do I say? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, that I really like that about the book, though the fact that it kind of kept you kept you on the edge of your seat. You didn't know what was going to happen. Um, that was that was a good a good part of the book. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you, mm-hmm. what was your favorite part of their relationship? Because their relationship was a big part in this. Yeah, I can so. tell for you, definitely. Was that like your favorite? It seems like that's kind of what you took from the book. Like you enjoyed this, the scenes between them two. Yes, okay. I did. Like primarily, that's what I liked. 
Which is why the ending upset me and painted me so much and why I was crying. It's not because she died. No? No. I got a little emotional when she died. I, well, I mean, I, I got emotional because she died, but I wasn't crying because she died. But I asked you a question. What was my favorite part about their relationship? Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I didn't... <laughs> I mean, you kind of know, like I've said before, like romance in my Star Wars is, you know, it's not the thing that I'm typically looking for when I read it. I didn't mind it in this book because it fit. It fit this novel. Um, it was kind of hard at the beginning of their relationship. It was hard for me to believe because I felt like uh, Ventress is the type of character that Ever since we've known her, even through her, you know, being completely bad at the beginning of the time we met her in the Clone Wars, and then she starts to kind of soften up as it gets toward the end. You know, she helps uh, Ahsoka at one point. She helps release that prisoner that Boba Fett was going to hand over to that gross dude. Um, and so you're, you know, she's you do see she has a heart, but she has never relied on anyone. She's never um, been the type that you would think would fall for someone that you know or you know fall in love with someone like Quinlan Boss. So at the beginning of it I was kind of just like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm buying this. Like it just seems out of character for her." But as the book went along, I was really buying into it and then by the very end, like you said, I was completely bought into the relationship and was very sad by the events of the end of the book. I don't know if I I can't really point out a favorite part more than just the it was interesting to me to see their relationship progress throughout the novel. Interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, the end was, it was pretty tragic. I mean, I kind of wish they didn't kill her off because I feel like this character could be a character that would be fun to explore more, um, you know, with maybe a comic series or another novel, like even if they had done a kind of a follow-up novel to this novel, um, you know, a sequel, I guess you could say. But, um, yeah, unfortunately she is now off the playing board she's dead i mean they could always go back and tell stories of her past and stuff but she's pretty much covered you know throughout the clone wars so i don't know what what else they would really focus on uh to bring her back well so my favorite part of their relationship is the fact that they truly know each other these are two people who just they get each other and we don't really have that in star wars in my opinion i mean you know, relationship-wise, we really only have, I'm talking about in, like, canon story. Right. We've got Anakin and Padme, and to be honest, they don't get each other the way that Voss and Ventress do. Oh, no. Um, their, their relationship is horrible. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's horrible, <laughs> but, like, they just don't, they don't understand each other. Um, Han and Leia, from the movies, they don't understand each other the way that Voss and Ventress do. Um, so other than that, we don't really have any other relationships. You know, we've got Hera and Kanan, and they're the only ones that might rival how well they know, like these two characters understood each other because Kanan and Hera really do understand each other. But obviously their passion is not the same. I mean, this was complete unbridled passion of two people that were completely, you know, off the grid, not having, not being watched by people and because that's just not what they do, you know, and so they were able to be free with each other and we don't really see that 
in Star Wars ever. And so I loved that part of it. Um, so the ending for me, yes, her death was not cool. I, I didn't like the fact that she died. I wish that he had died, honestly. If I had to pick out of the two, I would have picked him. Um, not because I don't like Quinlan Voss. I do. I like him a lot. Actually, he's probably one of my favorite Jedi. But um, I just feel like she is such a strong character that there's a lot more she could do in the Star Wars universe. Um, but for me, what physically pained me the most was her downfall. Like, I feel like she could have been in this relationship and not lost some of herself. But then again, maybe not. Because Ventress isn't the type to be in a relationship. She's not the type to to let herself feel and be with somebody. And because she chose to do that, she caused her own doom. And she turned into this weak, non, you know, like, just weak character. She was trusting somebody she knew she shouldn't trust. She was going against her instincts. She was doing a lot of the things that women do when they become codependent on another person and I could see it and I was just like no 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 because now she's going to sacrifice herself for him when she shouldn't because he's you know not the type of person you should sacrifice yourself for like it started off being a really beautiful relationship but when she got codependent on him and she lost herself I was just like no (laughs) I mean, not no in a bad way that, like, I feel like it was written bad or that Christy Golden didn't, you know, shouldn't have done that with this character or whatever. Like, I think it was completely appropriate, and I think it fits the story, and I think that is the story. I'm just so sad. Like, that's what made me cry was how she lost herself. And I was like, you know, and, and when now speaking it out loud, it's like, because she lost herself so much, maybe it was a good thing that she died. Because I don't think Ventress would be able to live with herself if she looked back and saw what she allowed to her allowed to happen. I think but she would want to be like. Eh. And in her death, she she brought Quinn back. You know, is a noble end. You know, it's a noble way to die. She gave herself for someone who who had done her wrong and treated her wrong. And in the end, she had to give her life to, you know, to prove her love to him. And then that's, and that ended up not only saving his life, but also saving him from the dark side. So, yep. And that was necessary because I don't think he would have come out of it. Um, if it hadn't have been for the sacrifices that she made. And so in a way her, her losing herself and her downfall was what was necessary you know, and it makes her such an amazing character, you know, that she could have that kind of impact on somebody. And, um, see, this is what hurts me, and I'm going to cry again. Are you, are you getting <laughs> it emotional? Hurts. It hurts. Wow. Mark this one down. I don't think we've ever oh had you get emotional God. on an episode of, of Star Wars Bookworms. Um, well, these. It's just like, it's like why would you do, like, <laughs> Like I'm glad that she did that and I'm glad that she that she didn't just walk away when she could have and like okay, gotta change the subject. I mean yeah, I think the the, I think we uh, all understand. Yeah. <laughs> we understand. It's very tragic. Um but yeah, so these episodes actually were written by Katie Lucas or would have been or I guess 
they were written by Katie Lucas. They never actually made it to air. But um, um, Dave Filoni actually said that George Lucas was involved very heavily in this story as well, as far as coming up with the story. I wonder if because Voss was mentioned in Revenge of the Sith, they kind of handcuffed them a little bit. You know, they had to let him live. I wonder if if he hadn't been mentioned in Revenge of the Sith and they could have been a little bit more free with the storytelling, if they would have flipped it in that they would have had Voss die instead of Ventress. Mm. I don't know. It, it seems like a possibility. I, I think that uh, Ventress seems like she became one of Lucas's favorite characters. You know, I know Katie Lucas wrote the Dathomir stuff in like season three of the Clone Wars. And so now she's continuing to write Ventress. And obviously George Lucas oversaw most of the Clone Wars. And, you know, he kept bringing that character back as well. So uh, I wonder if maybe they would have had her live if, if circumstances had been a little bit different. Maybe. But it would have messed up the story. This book was so powerful for all of the things that, you know, we just talked about. And I remember afterwards thinking, well, did I like this? Did I not like it? And I know you asked me if I liked it. And I'm like, I, I do not know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> do you know I mean, now? Have you decided? Even still, I don't know. I mean, I, think I you know. Liked it. It's so hard to say. Okay, like, when I think of the word like, I'm usually like smiley, happy, liked it. You know? I liked the book. I have a lot of trouble with the things that occurred in the book, but because I got so emotional and because I'm having so much trouble even processing it now is just proof that I liked it when it comes to reading a book. Because usually when I read a book that I really like, I'm thinking about it for days afterwards going, but don't understand, you know, and that's, I'm like that with Harry Potter, even still today with certain things that happened in Harry Potter. I'm like, but I get the story, I get the storytelling, but I don't understand. I just, <laughs> I think if a book has this much impact on you, it, you like. maybe maybe like's not the right word, but it's a book that you you definitely enjoyed reading. Yes, so. yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> well, there were a lot of things in this book, kind of like uh, cameos and things like that that came up. I, I wanted to point out. Uh, well, we have uh, Boba Fett shows up. Uh, they, oh, he yeah. actually plays a, a decent sized part in the book where he actually is part of the team that tries to rescue Voss initially when he gets There's captured. a character that popped into my head and I'll, it came up Clone Wars, but then yet I saw the Boba Fett armor and I couldn't mush him together and I was like, please just leave. Please just leave. You're messing this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think And he I ha- love Boba Fett, but I can't, I cannot kid with kid boba fett yeah. i just cannot I i'm the can't. same way i like ah. i i love the character of boba fett not a huge fan of kid boba fett Mm-mm. even at this point teenage whatever he is and he's kind of transitioning into the bounty hunter and he's getting armor and stuff still he's not there yet he's not my boba fett yet he's still that kid he's still that bratty kid so um yeah i'm with you on that one but it was kind of cool because it was like his whole team you know with embo and high singer and lats and so that i thought that was cool that they brought them in um, and it would have been, that's kind of some of the parts where I'm like, oh, I loved it as a novel, but man, if we could have seen all of these Clone Wars episodes, like fully finished and fully animated, it would have been mm-hmm. cool to see those characters again, um, on screen. Yep. I agree. Who else did they cameo in this? Cause I feel like 
And we've got all the Jedi, um, you know, obviously yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, you know. Oh, I wanted to punch Mace in the typical, face, too. So. I still want to punch Mace in the face. <laughs> like, even, like. Hey, he was that... suspicious of Voss, too, and he he turned out right. I think he's just suspicious of anyone in general. You know what? I don't care. I just want to punch him in the face. He does not deserve a purple lightsaber. <laughs> he's not royal. Hey, I'm not hating on Mace yet. I like the guy. Mm-mm. Mace deserves to be maced. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but um one of my favorite things was that they actually mentioned Quinlan Voss's master who oh yeah and if you read the comics which I did um in which it's legend so it's not really you know it's not canon but he did have a master named Master Thome and that character was a major character in the Clone Wars comics uh, or in the Republic series of comics that happened during the Clone Wars um, he's a major character. Um, he actually ends up surviving the Clone Wars with Voss. Um, but in this novel, things happen a little different for him. And uh, they do use the same name, Master Thalm, but uh, Ventress is the one that actually killed him in battle. So, But I thought it was cool that they brought in, rather than reinventing a new master for him that they could have done, uh, I liked that they had that little shout-out to the legends. Mm-hmm. I thought you would like that. I don't know enough about the story to know much, but I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a fan of the comics, this version of Voss is definitely not the same. You know, he's not the same guy. He's, he's a whole different persona. He's so, in in the, in these novels, or in this novel, he's almost, you know, this brash, confident character, almost kind of like a Han Solo type. Um, and in the comics, he was completely different you know a darker character a lot quieter more brooding um so it's definitely a different version of that character but you know it's fine like i i still enjoy both versions of the character and i really liked him in this novel i did too did you like ventress or voss more um i i probably lean voss just because he's kind of you know my fanboy favorite um but i dude i was kidding yeah um, but I, I love Ventress as a character. I've always, I've always liked her. You know, she was a big part of the, the, uh, Republic comics as well. So even before the Clone Wars animated series, I was a fan of the character. And then when they brought her into the animated series and really fleshed out her character to be more than just a one note bad guy, um, I've always loved her character. So I think, uh, I enjoyed them both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy them both pretty evenly. Um, if I had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be Ventress, but that, that's just because I know more about her um, and because I'm more... Because it's your I, fangirl favorite? I, no, it's bec- I think it's really just because I know more. Um, I yeah. haven't read the, the comic, so it's harder for me. Like As much as I love, like him, he, you know, she just outweighs it. Um, I really want a Her Universe shirt. That has to do with this Ventress, this version this of Ventress. Version, yeah, yeah be because cool. I, or even like the outfit that she had before this, you know, the, at the very end of the Clone Wars that we see, that's kind of like, you know, leather vest and like all this stuff. Cause I, I like the way she looked. I, I like Ventress visually. I, she's always been a visually striking character, but the way that Voss described her kind of, or in his mind, how beautiful she was, I've never looked at her and thought beautiful. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, well, I guess it's his type, but you know, she, <laughs> she, she's a little too severe for me, but, um, 
but yeah, it, that was one thing I remember every time he would talk about her beauty. I was just like, I don't know if I'd ever describe her as a beautiful character, but to each their own. Wow. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks. Definitely. Um, so I don't know. I guess, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we kind of maybe give our, you know, overall, did we like it or not? I think we kind of already said it. Mm, no. Dooku got on my nerves, I will say that. He yeah, really Dooku, got on my nerves. Dooku's one I, of those characters. I, I also wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> he's one of those characters that keeps getting defeated. You know, like, there's so many times between the Clone Wars and between in this novel and then even in, you know, the movies where he, he has these brushes with death and he gets defeated, but he kind of finds his way out. Uh, he's never come across as, like, this powerful sith to me that was is very intimidating because he just always seems to lose or have to use his trickery to get out of situations and this Mm -hmm. novel didn't help his case no not at all not at all you know what was weird about reading this i read this and then when i finished it i um shortly thereafter i watched sleepy hollow by tim burton with johnny up in it and stuff and they Pan over to the judge in the courtroom, and I'm like, oh, it's Dooku. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't even know he was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he's in that movie. He's in it. Um, Palpatine is in it. Um, a bunch oh, wow. of people from Harry Potter are in it. It's just really weird. Is I was like, Whoa. Sleepy Hollow? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. So that's, um, isn't Ray Park the, the stunt guy that does the Headless Horseman? I guess he is. Yeah, yeah. I, somebody said that to me, and I was like, really? <laughs> Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's that's on his resume. About it. But yeah, so there's I, I didn't realize there were so many Star Wars connections to Sleepy Hollow. I don't know if I've ever even actually seen that movie. You should watch it. It's well, on it's, Netflix. It's the right time of year to watch it, right? It is. It's Halloween time. Ooh. There's nothing to do with this book at all. <laughs> so, did you like it? Yes, you did. Yeah, I love this book. I think um, right now, even after reading After- Aftermath, this is still my top of the new canon. This is my. This has been my favorite. So yeah, this I loved it. Did not disappoint. I love, I love this one too. Um, I have not yet read Aftermath. Um, I know you you read it because you were on Legends and Lore. Um, but I I've not read it yet. So with what I've read so far, um, this actually edged out a new dawn, but like barely. Okay barely barely edged it out i definitely was more emotionally invested in this one so i guess we'll see we'll see i have a feeling there is a book i'm going to read that is going to beat the pants out of these really and i can't wait to read it oh yeah lost stars yeah i think i i don't know though because i know lost stars kind of seems to be up your alley but i don't know if you'll have the connection to the characters in lost stars because they're new that you had to someone like Ventress. so i don't know i'll be i'll be very interested when well you finish it. but but keep in mind that i read like a ton of like ya books like this and i get emotionally invested in those hard like way harder than i get in than i get with star wars books because I don't know the characters and because I can create them from scratch, you know? And so it becomes this world that I live in and like, I, I oh my God, I can't wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> so I think we can wrap this episode up. Um, on our next episode, we are planning to review the next two Servants of the Empire uh, junior novels. Those are the ones that star Zare Leonis from Star Wars Rebels. 
Um, we will be getting to the Journey to the Force Awakens stuff. All the books that were just released, we are planning to review those soon. But we're going to just knock out these next two uh, junior novels first in our next episode. And then we'll jump right into Journey to the Force Awakens. So anyone who's waiting for that or wondering when we're going to get to that, it is coming up uh, very shortly. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Star Wars Bookworms. You can also shoot us an email, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, check us out over there. That's where we do most of our uh, just news updates, uh, cover reveals, that type of stuff. We send that over to Facebook. Um, if you listen to our show and you enjoy it, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes. Leave us a nice five-star review. We thank all of you who have recently left us reviews. We really appreciate it. If you haven't left us a review yet, we'd love for you to head over there um, and do that. You can find Teresa on Twitter at IceColdPenguin. She's also on Instagram, same name. You can find me on Twitter at AVGoins. And until next time, keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.